This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Kia ora everyone. My name is Arina Aizel and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast, The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch and Free FM in Hamilton. Uh, and lastly, Coast Access Radio in Horofenua and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin, and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have a very good friend of mine, Violina Gunawan, a fourth-year Indonesian student studying dentistry and passionate about film photography. Kia ora, Violina. Kia ora, Arina. Thank you for being here today for our show. My pleasure. My mm-hmm. pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Fiorina. I'm a fourth-year student at the uh, studying dentistry, and I'm from Indonesia. Mm. Thank you. Um, so you're studying dentistry, and... I heard that you're currently doing some summer research. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, I have this very amazing, very lucky, very lucky, amazing opportunity to uh, do a small summer research project with uh, one of the professors at the faculty. Mm. So uh, we're looking at whether this new technology that uh, usually hygienists use to professionally clean uh, the teeth can we use it to clean dentures as well so yeah we're looking into that and it's been really cool but I've, I've um, it's the shortest period of time where I get to try to do so many new things yeah so it's been a really awesome experience mm. yeah it sounds really groundbreaking as well like you know new technologies they Things happen every day, and mm. it must be really good to be part of something new. Yeah, yeah, mm. because if it weren't for this research, I wouldn't have known we have this machine or technology at the building, you know? Yeah, even though I spent a lot of time there, but I didn't know, so it's really cool, mm. yeah. So now you're in your fourth year um, of studying in dentistry, um, I'm sure you know why you wanted to study dentistry, if you can share with us. Yeah, so I think it all started when my grandpa, my late grandpa, he taught my mom that she needs to take care of my dentition very well. Not sure where he got that from, but yeah, so because of that, my mom said, you know, when you smile, when you meet first meet someone, it's the teeth that people pay attention to. Um, so, yeah, that there's that part of it. And then I used to have braces as well, so I go to the dentist a lot to get the uh, monthly control. And um, 
you know, the dentist's office, it was very, very calming, very zen. And she plays uh, like her favorite playlist. And then sometimes she sings along while doing my teeth. So I thought to myself, I really want that kind of stuff, you know. I want to be doing um, things like this when I grow up. So, yeah. Have you always had um, that person as your dentist growing up? Um, I had two different dentists. The first one, I was only with her for a shorter period of time. So I, it, nothing really absorbed um, from that uh, first dentist, but with the second dentist. Yeah. So she, she yeah, she's really smart and she portrays the ideas in a way that I can understand what's happening to my own teeth, you know? So that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. That must have got you more interested with the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to wear braces as well when I was young, and I hated <laughs> all my visits. <laughs> it's probably because... Well, yeah, because I didn't get that connection with it, with uh, my dentist. But you, on the other hand, had this beautiful Zen experience, which I can't imagine how that felt like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I was very lucky. And now I realize how much of an impact that, you know, the the mood and the setting itself has on the patients and their experience. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And what are your plans for the future? You know, it can be tomorrow or 100 years. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's actually a very good question. At the moment, I think I'll probably work in New Zealand for a couple of years after I graduate because the healthcare system that I learned in the uni is about New Zealand. So I think it'll be good to apply that knowledge firsthand after graduate and then after that we'll see wherever life takes me yeah Mm -hmm. I'll just keep my doors open Mm -hmm. that's a really good mindset because I don't think anyone can plan longer than a year these days (laughs) yeah especially Mm. with this pandemic yeah Mm -hmm. So, so it's really good to have flexible plans I've started to realize that you know that um I can't plan things too far ahead because um, an older version of me would maybe wouldn't like that anymore. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, and um, it, it anyway, it's just a plan, you know. We we never know what's gonna happen in the future. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you came to New Zealand as an international student during foundation year, right? Hmm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that was in 2018. Mm. And how was that experience? Yeah, it was overall a great experience. Um, I get to, you know, I have this window uh, time frame to learn how to settle down in New Zealand uh, on my own without the extra academic pressure of, you know, because a lot of people find health science first year really hard so during foundation year it was to prepare myself academically to face um, health side first year but I think rather than academically it was more of um, preparing myself oh 
what was uni like, you know, going to lectures and tutorial, the different system, and also learn how to ask questions in English. Mm. Mm, yeah, I think that was one of the, the new skills that I, yeah, because when I first came here, all my thoughts were still in Indonesian. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. 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 And then you have to, you know, slowly translate your question, especially when it comes to something like math. Um, it's hard to uh, convert your English, uh, convert your, that my thoughts in Indonesian about numbers into English. Mm. So it was, it was, it was, it was... <laughs> There's a next yeah, step, a, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Um, but other than that, it was also the experience of being homesick. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I think I was very excited to start my journey in New Zealand because my friends, my peers back home, they would have started uni um, before I did because we graduate high school in the middle of the year. So they would have started uni around August of the year we graduated. But because the health sciences intake in Otago, they only start in February. So I spent half of the rest of the year basically just roaming around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and so when I got to New Zealand, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it my best shot. I have to get everything perfect, you know, because I felt this massive pressure of um, having to prove myself that, you know, I'm also worth it. Yeah. So, and that quickly becomes unbearable because um, at the same time, I could not accept the smallest or the littlest mistakes that I made, which was supposed to be normal, you know, you're still learning. So mistakes is, mistakes are inevitable. But yeah, I get really stressed. And then on top of that, I didn't want to admit that I was homesick, you know, because um, from the TV shows that I watch, uh, studying abroad is fun and, you know, like, being independent and cool you get to do everything by yourself and for yourself but you know sometimes it can get a little bit lonely Mm. yeah and I didn't understand that back then yeah so it was a but overall it's a really good learning experience a very good year Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get you about being homesick and not being able to admit you're homesick um I think for me, there's the pressure of being an eldest daughter, and I'm sure you are too, if I remember. Yes. Um, So there's this pressure of wanting to show your family that you're onto it, you know, you've got things, um, you've got things well, you've you've got things in order, um, because our parents um, sacrificed so much to send us here, and um, for... And a Southeast Asian person like us, mm-hmm. um, being a woman, it's actually a privilege that we can study abroad, overseas, and um, to this date. So mm-hmm. I think there is that pressure that we want to succeed for our family as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you um, 
saying that it is privilege for us because I uh, sometimes my parents tell me the stories of them talking to their friends and stuff like that, and then they uh, their friends would ask them, "Oh, where's your eldest daughter?" And then they'll tell them, "Oh, she's studying abroad in New Zealand," and um, their friends would make remarks such as, "Oh, you would send your daughter abroad to study, you know?" And so it's just not about um, financial capability or sacrifices that our parents have made, but also this emotional, um, maybe also society, society, society kind of societal uh, pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned about that because um, actually, I've heard those kinds of remarks as well. Um, like my mom told me that one of her friends told her, um, if I had a daughter, I would never send her far away from me, from the house, you know, as if, you know, um, it's safer or it's uh, more soothing for them to know that their daughters are safe at home. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Maybe it's because of safe, safety or maybe it's because, um, I don't know, it's just an expectation thing where... You know, it's better for girls to be near their family at all times. Mm, mm, yeah. So I find it incredible how much trust my parents put on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. That is so mm-hmm. true. Like, we could have turned up into, like, you know, wild or anything. And um, we got things. We, we're doing well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've talked about studying, um, and we talked a bit about homesickness. I was wondering now if we can talk about cultural identity, because when I first approached you about um, this interview, you said that you can't define your cultural identity. So um, it's very, it makes me very curious, like why can't you um, define your cultural identity? But at the same time, I know so many people who can't um, define their cultural identity. And this is a chance for you to share your story. Um, And I'm sure it's, you know, Mm. it'll make everyone understand. (laughs) Okay. So um, when I, you know, when you ask me that question, oh, what's your cultural identity? I actually had to sit down and find a starting point. So I think the best way to start is um, from my grandparents. My grandparents, they actually um, migrated from China to Indonesia. And then my parents both, they were born in Indonesia. So, um, and then my parents met and got married in this small island called Batam and this island is very close to Singapore and we can also uh, ride the take ferries to go to Malaysia as well, some Mm. cities in Malaysia so um, the island that I grew up in it has a very heavy Malay influence to the culture so the in the Bahasa um, that we speak have Malay accent to it, so it's different from the official Bahasa Indonesia. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, there's that. And 
I also remember in primary school, we had the school trip to go to this very small island where the where it explains the history of our province. And it has a heavy influence from the uh, uh, Islam religion and also Malay culture as well. So my in my primary school, we learned how to write Arabic and how to read as well. And we call them um, Arab Malayu, which is probably like uh, Malay Arabic. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that was really cool. And um, but then um, at the age of 14, we moved to a different city in Java. And um, in Java, I think there's also a lot of um, uh, influence of Islam because I think Islam is the uh, major religion in Indonesia. So, but the culture itself is quite different, it's not. Um, as inf- uh, influenced by Malay culture. I think it has its own distinct culture. Yeah, so the food that we eat are also different. Mm. And um, there's this new uh, culture that we learn in Java is that when we uh, meet the elderly, the people that are older than us, we will take their hand and we will put it on our forehead or <laughs> kiss them if it's a... Like, yeah. yeah, we do that Close in Malaysia family. as well. Uh, we call it salam, it's like that. Oh, we call it salim. Salim, oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. I love how. <laughs> yeah. same same thing basically. Yeah, uh. yeah. So there's that, and and that's the external um, culture, world things that are exposed. But internally, I think I was raised by my parents with. Um, the uh, East Asian culture, so which probably is a Chinese culture, yeah, with how, you know, um, we are hardworking people, we need to work hard in order to get mm. where we want to be. Mm. So so there's already duality or in that sense. Yeah. And then when I come to New Zealand, it's another different culture as well. So obviously... There's uh, we learn about Maori culture here, which is um, more like whanau oriented, community oriented. But also, I'm exposed to this individualistic Western culture or ideology where you know you gotta learn how to put yourself first before somebody else. Yeah, about learning how women can also be independent and do a lot of things. Mm, yeah. So. And on top of that, <laughs> globalizations like we we you probably too are exposed or at some point a, a fan of K-pop songs, yeah, mm-hmm. K-R-N-B, and um, with cuisines we can find a lot of um, international cuisines everywhere now. So, when if I were to go back home for the summer me and my family we would go out and eat, but we don't just stick to one type of cuisine. You know, one day we'll eat, okay, we'll eat Japanese traditional cuisine. The other will go to my late uncle's restaurant and eat um, our Batam, the like Malay influence cuisine. And then other days we'll go with um, Chinese or uh, Korean or Japanese cuisine. So it's just a, a lot of mixture. 
Yeah. Well, now we can see why you can't describe your cultural identity. <laughs> yeah. There are so many influences growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So when you moved the first time, did you ever question your belonging in the city? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really good question because. I am able to make friends in the superficial, like you know, just superficial level. Like, oh yeah, we can talk and say hi and talk about the weather. But in terms of finding someone that has the same sense of humor or understanding how I view the world and the reasoning of why I do certain things, is I can say it's very limited uh, friends that I have. So, I never really question my belonging because I feel like I adapt quite well to wherever I am. But yeah, so I'm really grateful that I still have this friend that I keep contact with um, from Indonesia. Um, I think she can relate it with me in a lot of levels in a way that she was away from home since quite very young. Mm. So. Yeah, Faye, if you're listening to this, <laughs> she But, should. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll force her to listen. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and I really um, get you about finding friends who like understand. Because um, so I came to New Zealand when I was 10, and when I came back. It's like I don't understand the Malay pop culture anymore, like the things on TV, um, all the dramas and the music. It was very hard for me to get back into, um, like the things that my friends are watching. Because you know, back then when we were like young, that's basically the things we talk about. You know, unless people were watching. Disney Channel and Nickelodeon, then I'd have something that I can relate to with them. Mm, yeah, it's like being culture shock to your own culture. Mm, it's called reverse <laughs> culture shock. Oh, reverse culture shock! There you go. Yeah, <laughs> there's a term for that. It's so funny. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that view. Um, so now we've got a few minutes before the end of the show. <laughs> So I really want us to talk about well-being because that is such an essential part of daily life.、Um, you talked a bit about homesickness, but it, you can still go on about that. But just when you're feeling low, what are the ways that you try to cope with、mm. that? Yeah. So nowadays, I I try to live slower for myself because.、Um, We live in such a fast-paced world, solution-oriented world that sometimes we forget. Even things in nature, they take their own time without really giving、uh, it, you know, an f about whatever is going around them. They do just take their time, you know, like the flowers. They they insist that they bloom on spring only and on spring, you know. So I think, yeah, just living slower take. Especially during this summer, I have the opportunity to do things in my own timing. So, yeah, and focus on smaller things that can bring me 
joy. So, for example, like making my lunch look pretty, and you know, appreciate myself. Oh, you you have you you are able to make your lunch pretty, <laughs> and you know, take joy out of that, or um, just stay in bed, watch movies that um, that I, me and my family used to watch, and yeah. And also, uh, I found this new hobby of film photography, and I think the beauty of it is that I can let go that grasp of having have to have to have everything perfect mm. in that moment. Yeah. So with film photography, I can just take pictures and then forget about it. I can have control in that very moment, but whatever the result is, I'll just let the technician in the lab. Control that you know it's out of my control, and I just have to accept whatever results that came up. Yeah, yeah. So I like how your hobby, film photography, fits well with how you want your life to change these days. Like, yeah, it's helping you to live in the moment and appreciate the moment. And not think about the future, like whatever is gonna look like, it's fine. You know, you'll find that out when it gets developed. But at that moment, you just, you know, do the best you can and you just let it go. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Because you know, we used to be. Maybe it's also our upbringing, you know, where we 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 have to plan every single thing. And but then when we things don't go our way, we get really frustrated, not just at the outside world, but maybe.、Um, With ourselves as well, like they start to have self doubt. Oh, am I not good enough? Am I not doing enough? Stuff like that. So, yeah, living in the moment. I think we all need to be able to do that. Yeah. Wow! Thank you for sharing, Vio. And I highly recommend people who haven't done、uh, film photography to get those disposable cameras to start.、Um, I started mine. I. I've only used six films because I went to Christchurch. Like、uh, I think it was a month ago, and I tried learning how to use it. So I have no idea what it's gonna look like because I've never developed it yet. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. Ah,、yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Bio, for sharing your story, and I really appreciate you being here today with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure to share what I've shared today. That is the end of our episode of the Arenality today. I hope you learn a lot about Violina's story, on her unidentified cultural identity,、uh, living in the moment, and her passion for film photography, which has an influence to why she wants to live in the moment. <laughs> If anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail dot com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. You've been listening to the Arinality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.